Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Sydney Chakalos, founder of Marathon Marketing and Branding. Sydney comes from a family of small business owners, and her true passion comes from working with small business owners coming from that family background and helping them stand out and thrive using social media. So we are really excited to learn a little bit more about what she does and what she can tell us about social media as well. So Sydney, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Nate. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. So love just to start out by you having to tell us a little bit about Marathon, telling us about what you do and who you work with. Yeah, so Marathon Marketing and Branding, I serve small local business owners. So I offer social media management services, coaching services. And then for the people that are looking to kind of learn it on their own, I have a content creation bootcamp course that they can go through. But with my business, really the main goal is to help them have a social media strategy that gives their company a brand that drives traffic to their stores and really increases engagement online so that they see those results. Yeah, that's amazing and so needed. I mean, I know speaking for myself as a business owner, I know that social media is important, but I don't really know what to do with it because there's so many options and so many channels and so many strategies, I guess. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you kind of walk through that with business owners and how they can best kind of navigate social media? I mean, I know that's a big question, but (laughs) give us the surface level at least. Well, and it seems like there's a new platform coming out every month, right? Right. So I think a lot of times as small business owners, it's easy to get hooked with the shiny object syndrome and what's new. But my piece of advice when I'm meeting with a small business owner for the first time, because a common question they have is, am I in the right places? Am I focusing on the right platforms? And it really depends on who you're trying to target. So Facebook is kind of that universal platform where you've got over 2 billion people on the platform across all different age groups. And so Facebook is kind of a staple for small businesses. But then when it comes to other platforms like Instagram, where the user base is a little bit younger, it's starting to get old. Like there's starting to be a growth in that segment of 40 and older, but predominantly Instagram's a little bit younger. And then you have LinkedIn, where if you're a service-based business owner, it's a great space to be, not so much if you're like a restaurant or a retail store. And so it's really asking those questions about who their target audience is. So they're getting the most out of their time because it's really easy to feel like you have to be in all the places. But I think it's more important to pick the few platforms where you're really going to find your audience and do them really well. Yeah, that is such a great insight. So speaking from my experiences, I'm a service-based industry, like you said, and I had never thought about it kind of that way that LinkedIn was actually a lot more service-based than brick and mortar or, you know, manufacturing or creating a product. But that's really interesting because when I started out in the business, I went on Facebook pretty heavily. I was like, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. I know everyone looks at Facebook ads. I get them all the time. And yeah, you know, spent a couple hundred dollars, got no response. And part of that, I'm sure was me being terrible at creating a Facebook ad. But then I went to LinkedIn and all of a sudden people were like, hey, yeah, let's talk, like let's network. And I was like, wow, this is different. So I love that insight. And I wish I would have known that, you know, years ago. But anyways, that's so important because I think that takes some of the pressure off too, right? Like TikTok comes out, Snapchat comes out and business owners don't have to feel necessarily, oh, I need to have a presence there because unless you're selling to, you know, 
high schoolers and college kids, TikTok's probably not for you, I'd imagine. I'm not thinking bookkeeping is going to be too popular there, you know? So <laughs> that's a great insight. So, you know, speaking of that, we are in 2021 now. What kind of changes have you seen happen in social media with COVID and with the year that 2020 was just from work from home and being so different in that way? Yeah, I mean, 2020 really brought a greater reliance on social media with the pandemic hitting and particularly where I serve small local businesses, right? They couldn't depend on just people coming into their store. A lot of people had to have their doors closed. And so what I saw a lot of in 2020 and what I did a lot with my clients is they really had to pivot. They had to find a way to be able to maintain communication with existing customers and people familiar with their brand so that they're able to support them in another way. So for example, a restaurant I help out with, they launched a Shopify store and offered a grocery curbside service when the grocery stores, it was hard to find things like meat and produce and toilet paper and things like that. And so there was this greater reliance on social media. And I think a lot of small business owners kind of said, okay, now, how am I really going to reach the people that are going to actually come and use my service or support my business? And so I think that a lot of people realized that utilizing social media consistently was really important, really figuring out how to navigate reaching more people. That was important, but also using social media effectively so that you could maintain communication with your customers. So not just thinking I'm going to post content about what's going on in my business, but how can you get smarter about your social media so that people join your email list or so that it drives traffic to your website? And so there was a lot of that happening. I also think that a lot of small businesses for the first time really started taking video seriously because the businesses that said, okay, we need to get our message out there. We want people to know how they can support us during this really trying time. The businesses that I saw do that really successfully, we're able to implement some video into their social media strategy to really get some traction and attention as well. Yeah, I saw you just had a post on LinkedIn about video actually. And I love that because mm -hmm. I enjoy making videos. I'd much rather do that than write a long article or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so much, it feels so much easier. But can you give a little more insight into that? Why is video powerful and what are some ways businesses can use that? Yeah, that's a great question. So video is outperforming an algorithm across all social platforms. So Instagram, when they launched Instagram Reels this year, people have seen 10, 20, 30 times the amount of viewership on those types of videos on Instagram. Facebook video is going to perform better in the algorithm, particularly live video, because everyone that follows your content will get a notification. LinkedIn video is becoming more and more popular and getting better reach. And honestly, there's not a lot of people taking advantage of video on LinkedIn. So if you're doing that, you're really standing out. At least in my experience, I haven't seen a ton of entrepreneurs jumping on video aside from some bigger names. And I know you get on video a lot too, which is fantastic, but it performs better in the algorithm. But the other really key things is video allows people to really get to know your business. I really believe that people do business with people. They don't want to feel like they're interacting mm -hmm. with just a business or a corporation. And so when you're getting on video, you're creating more of that personal connection. And also people are really retaining your information better because a lot of studies have shown, I believe it was Invicta who did the study, but people retain about 95% of what they watch in a video versus 10% wow. of text. So wow. <laughs> you think about the trade-off in time too, as a business owner, it's, it's a lot faster and easier 
in my opinion, to get on a live video and have a conversation. And it's okay if you have a couple of blunders or you slip on your words because mm -hmm. that's just, that's what happens. It's genuine. Exactly. Versus spending all this time trying to write this really long post or what do I talk about? And it just, the video is performing better. It's creating a connection faster and people are going to recall the content better too. That difference in content retention is insane. Wow. I, I wouldn't have thought it was that high. So that's, that's encouraging to me because yeah. video is much easier, but I also did not know that everyone gets a notification when you do Facebook live. So that is, I'm going to store that away. That's good yes. to know, ping out all the people who are following. So that's really cool. And, and what you said about video being a little more authentic, I totally agree there. I mean, especially like you said, when you're working with restaurants and kind of grocery stores, anywhere that's brick and mortar, it is so helpful when you see a real person, when you see some of the food, you see the menu, you see the inside, any of those things. And I guess, yeah, even more when you're working with someone who's virtual to see, hey, you're a real person, you have a real brand and real customers. So whether it's testimonials, whether you're just talking about your own business, I really like that. And I think that's like in our buying psyche almost like when we go somewhere we're like all right i gotta figure out if this person's legitimate rights yeah. and video is such an easy way to figure that out and see they're real and even if we're talking about small business specifically it's nice to see like some personal touches i think sometimes yeah. you know like oh they have a family or oh they do things mm -hmm. outside of their job you know obviously there's you can go too far there too but it's nice to get some of those personal touches and see who you're actually working with but yeah, that being said, I'm gonna still not go into TikTok yet. Maybe 2022, <laughs> we'll make a, a TikTok entrance, so. Yeah, I'll be honest, I created an account, but I haven't used it yet because <laughs> I'm not convinced that <laughs> that my target audience is there yeah, right. quite yet. Right, I wanted to ask you one more question on social media before we go on to kind of entrepreneurship and business in general. Yeah. Just for fun, what's kind of your favorite platform to be on either through business or personal? My favorite platform is Instagram. It's something about how that platform is set up and evolving. And I think it's really interesting, but I love to take advantage of the stories feature. Stories perform really, really well. There's 500 million people viewing their stories daily. The amount of people that you can reach using the right hashtags, utilizing Instagram reels and fun things like that. I feel like the platform has just like a little bit of everything. You can do live video to build that connection with your audience. And so for me, I've really enjoyed showing up on Instagram. I've got a Facebook group that I also love too, but mm. I've just really met a lot of really cool people from Instagram and I've seen honestly, a good return on Instagram organically without feeling like I have to spend a ton of money. With sure. with Facebook now, you're only reaching about 6% of your audience organically when you post, which wow. is why live video is so important on Facebook. Wow. But Instagram, there's a little bit more opportunity to reach new people. And I just in looking at where people have come and reached out to me, a lot of that has come from Instagram. That's cool. You mentioned hashtags. How many hashtags is too many? <laughs> well, you can't do more than 30. Oh, there's actually a limit. I didn't even know that. <laughs> there is the limit. You can't do more than 30. I encourage people to try and aim for 10 to 15. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Well, that is all really insightful and you have some great stuff on social media, obviously. So I will make sure to, to get those links from you so we can share your profiles below the podcast in the description there so everyone can find your great content. But I want to go on to kind of the entrepreneur side. You said you come mm -hmm. from a family of small business owners. Tell us what that was like. Tell us how you got into being a business owner and kind of your story there. Yeah. So it's funny because I never pictured myself being an entrepreneur growing up. My grandfather, he had 
two restaurants. My other grandfather started a pest control business in 1980 with his two brothers. My dad later took over that company and ran it after he passed away in 2000. And so, and my mom has her real estate license. And so she's running her own business too. So really, I just grew up surrounded by people that had their own businesses and, and my husband, his family has two restaurants. And so everyone kind of they are doing their own thing, managing their own business. But I didn't think that was for me. So I took a more traditional career path and went to business school, worked in the consulting space for a few years, worked in higher education and started doing social media as a side hustle. And I think because I saw my parents starting from ground zero, my grandfather starting from ground zero with the pest control business and things like that, I really learned it's possible to do it having seen all the people around me do it successfully it's possible to do it and so when my social media side hustle was growing and i realized that was kind of my zone of genius and i was really good at it and i enjoyed it more than my full-time job i finally decided last year i was going to take that leap of faith and and it was a little bit scary i'm an enneagram six so like fear is kind of the driver of how i make decisions but i think because I had seen family members do it and do it successfully. I knew that it was going to be something that was an option for me. Hey, I'm a fellow six, so I'm with you there. <laughs> that's great. No. <laughs> no, that's a really fun, rich history of, of business ownership. That's really cool. And yeah, I feel like entrepreneurship is one of those things that feels unattainable if you haven't seen anyone do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have anyone in your family or friend group who's done it, it's like, man, this seems impossible to get to that point yeah. where you see everyone. But I love that you brought up, you know, kind of seeing people be able to push through and start small and grow it. Cause that's, I mean, that's how almost all businesses start is people just kind of doing it on the side and slowly growing it. And then yeah. 10 years later, you're like, how did you get here? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a long process. So that's, yeah. I love that. I, mean, I, saw, I saw my dad when I was younger, he started out and I think their company had 30 employees. And by the time I was 20 at a hundred, so wow. <laughs> it took some time, but yeah, you see the growth. Wow. That's amazing. So what insights, and I know there's going to be so many insights here, but what are some of your favorite insights from business you could share either that you've seen your family kind of learn, or you've learned your, yourself in your journey here? Yeah, there's a couple. So one, my grandfather always said, and my dad told me this quote and I loved it, but the foundation of the pest control business he started, he said, people don't care about what you know until they know you care. And so that has really hmm. been something that's been a really big driver in my business is like people want to know you care about them first. They want to know that you care about their success and what they're doing and where they want to get to. So that's been a big insight and driver. And I've seen that play out time and time again, because my management clients have stuck with me because they said, I feel like you're part of my business. I feel like you're an extension and you're not just like some outsider that's not taking the time to understand what we're doing. So that's been a big driver. The other thing I've really learned is that you can't do it all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and my business model is very different from a restaurant or a pest control company. Right. Obviously, you're going to need employees. But when I got started out, my kind of my attitude at first was like, well, no one's going to do it the same way I do it or as good as I do it. And so I was kind of in that state of overwhelm at first. And finally, earlier in 2020, I decided I need a virtual assistant. I need someone that's going to take some of this task oriented stuff mm -hmm. off of my plate because I realized I wasn't focusing as much on strategy as I should be. And so that was a really big insight 
that I learned is don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Um, there are people out there that can do stuff really well for you. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big thing for me. And really the other thing is just, I've had to learn, you know, how to do the bookkeeping and how to do those other things that yeah. aren't necessarily social media marketing focused. And so that's been a little bit of a learning curve, but I found there's a lot of great experts out there that are there to help. For sure. I love that. I've heard quite a few people who are business owners, their first hire is often a VA, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Because I, I think, you know, it's, it's never something you'd consider. You're like, I'm going to hire someone who does the same thing as me and just give some of that. But yeah, it sounds like that's been a good hire for you. So that's, that's interesting yes. to hear. She's been a lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. As far as, you know, wearing all the different hats, like you said, you know, we all are really skilled in our area that we get into business in, but then we have to do all the other pieces of business. How do you try to manage just your time? You know, just saying, all right, I need to get these 10 things done. How do I manage to prioritize which ones? And because I know for me, you know, the, the bookkeeping for me is always the thing that I want to do first because it's what I do, right? Yeah. It's like, that's my main job. So then the other things always come second. So for me, that's obviously like marketing and social media. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll just push that off. How do you manage that and, and do that in an efficient way? I was about to say, I'm the opposite of you. I go for the <laughs> social media and all the content first. Right. And then I'm like, oh crap, when's the last time I did my bookkeeping? Yeah, but yeah. One of the things that's been really helpful for me first is actually because when you're working at home, it's really easy to just feel like you're working 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I really had to learn to do was set the boundaries. What are going to be the hours I'm actually going to sit down and I'm going to get work done throughout the day so that I can do the other things like working out or spending time with my husband and things like that in the evening. So I've, I've had to learn how to set that boundary. Mm -hmm. And I think when I set that time boundary, I, work a lot more efficiently throughout the day because I'm like, okay, this is my time frame, So this is when I'm going to get stuff done, but I'm old school. So I, <laughs> I love my post-it notes. And what I like to do is at the beginning of every week, I look at each of my clients and say, okay, what do I need to get done for that client this week? And what day am I going to work on it? And then pick just one day that week where I focus on my business and I don't focus on the client mm. work and I start to plan. I think it's really important to actually say, this is going to be the time that I'm going to work on client work. And this is the time I'm going to work on my business. And I think that you also have to have the expectation, right? There's some weeks when maybe that won't get to happen, Sure. but overall that's been something that's been really helpful. Yeah. That is so solid. Cause if you don't block out that time, it's not going to happen, right? It just yeah. all turns into client work otherwise, cause there's always going to be client work you can do. So if you're not setting aside the time, it's not going to happen. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've read The E-Myth, but it's written by Michael Gerber. Yeah. He talks about working on your business and working in your business. And he always talks about how, you know, as business owners, we just want to always be working in our business. We want to get the stuff done. We feel like we have a huge task list, get it done, get it done, get it done. But then we never have time to, like you said, have CEO time almost and, and look at the vision, figure out, hey, are we actually being efficient? Are we being profitable? All those good things. So yeah. I love that. So key. That's resonates with me because that's definitely something I need to get better at scheduling too. It's like, Oh, it's, it's Friday and I didn't do anything this week on, on the business. I was, I was just working in the business the whole time. Yeah. So that's so key. I love that. As far as we talked about COVID related to social media and marketing specifically, any kind of business insights that you've taken from COVID or, or how that's changed how you run your business? So at the beginning of the pandemic, I definitely pivoted a little bit with who I was serving. So mm. my main focus was serving my existing clients, their brick and mortar, 
and helping them get through and pivot. But the other thing that shifted, because obviously, you know, brick and mortars weren't saying, let me go spend $800,000 up on social media management. I also worked on serving online entrepreneurs as well during that time frame, And I feel like now I'm adapting back and starting to shift more to those local business owners now that, I mean, COVID is still very prevalent, but yeah. I feel like right now they really need help more than ever. And so my service and, and having that mindset of like wanting to help them, that's also pivoted, but really what I'm trying to think what the biggest insight or takeaway was because they really... <laughs> taught me a lot. And also I was in the first year of my business, so it wasn't normal yeah. <laughs> having to learn how to run a business Man. during a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, just congrats on making it through both your first year <laughs> and a pandemic in the same time. That is seriously impressive. So, <laughs> but I mean, what I've learned is I think one of the biggest things is listening to what's going on and what my target customers are saying and talking about and doing some of that social listening. So mm. actually taking time to actually do research and see what people are saying. So I remember one of the most useful exercises for me was actually going and researching, like, what are people actually saying they're struggling with, with social media, whether that's going in Facebook groups and kind of just exploring for key terms like social media, even going on Reddit. I remember going on Reddit and looking at some threads and seeing, you know, what are restaurant owners saying about how they're navigating COVID-19 or what they're struggling with with social media and paying attention to that and using it for content and using that to also better serve my clients. And so I think that was a really big insight. Yeah, that's really interesting. I would not have thought of Reddit. So there's another platform. <laughs> I'm not going to get overwhelmed though. Sydney, one more question for you here. If you could go back to January, so start of 2020, pre-pandemic and also mm-hmm. kind of beginning of your business, what's one thing that you'd either tell yourself or change about how business has gone in the last year? So I think that, I mean, and this goes back to to the Enneagram 6 in me. I think, well, <laughs> what if I had known a pandemic was coming? It, I might have thought a little bit harder about whether it was going to leave my nine to five, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy hindsight that I did it. But one sure. thing I probably would the advice I would give myself is to really stay focused on that one thing and stay focused on my zone of genius. And so, well, yes, I was good at serving online entrepreneurs. Really, my zone of genius is helping local businesses. And that's where I'm really passionate, again, because of my grandparents and my parents. And now you see full circle a year later, I'm shifting back to where I wanted that initial focus to be because that's what yeah. I love to do. And so I would say, you know, to not let the fear of what circumstances and the unknown could be because of something like a pandemic or things like that kind of take you away from where you want to focus. I think that it's really easy to compare yourself or see other entrepreneurs out there focusing on something and saying, oh, well, I could do that or mm-hmm. maybe I should be doing that too. But actually, staying focused and saying, this is what I want to be doing in my business. Mm, That's powerful. That's in my mind kind of connects to niching down, right? Or niching Mm -hmm. down, depending on if you're on team niche or team niche, which is something (laughs) we've talked about on the podcast before. Still, still haven't gotten a, you know, confirmative answer. So we're going to keep working on that. But man, when you are in a niche, like you said, it's, it's a scary thing to do because you, it feels like you're pushing away so much business, but in a lot of ways, you're really bringing in business because you're getting really skilled in that one area, in that one kind of clientele area that you're living in. So yeah, that's great advice. 
Well, Sydney, this has been amazing. There's a lot of great content on your social media. Yeah. How, how should our listeners find you if they have questions or they just want to follow you, learn more? Yeah, the absolutely. Details. <laughs> so they can, I have a blog. If you go to marathonmarketingbranding.com, you'll find a couple of helpful social media tips and articles written there. Also, like I said, Instagram's my favorite mm. platform. So go follow me, Marathon Marketing and Branding. I also have a Facebook group called Social Media Literacy for Small Business Owners. So can connect with me in any of those places. That's awesome. And I will get those links from you so we can put those in the description as well. So we can get an easy click and find on those. Great. Well, Sydney, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you listeners for joining us on the Navigating Business Podcast. And we will see you next time. Bye.